Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 60, featuring a review of the brand new theatrical slash HBO Max release of Godzilla vs. King Kong. I am King Kong. Hear me roar. Roar. (laughs) What? You're stupid. You are Godzilla. Hear you be a little bitch. (laughs) <laughs> but he, the, I, he wasn't there's he's not a little bitch yeah yeah sure i am one half of your hosting duo jp podcasting on this april 4th 2021 out of southwestern pennsylvania and joining me tonight is the little zilla god herself carly <laughs> i like that i am little zilla hear me little <laughs> shut up dude why um stupid yes so we are here it is almost 1 a freaking m in the morning and we are recording a pod Uh, now we did have a big day yesterday of watching moves which um you know you couldn't really handle and we'll get into that later but uh we were going to record last night and well we didn't feel like it so now yeah because you couldn't handle watching three moves in one day wrong uh we'll get into that but we um, had a move extravaganza yes we did have an extravaganza but it just seemed that we should probably never do that again because you were um a little less than able to handle it to say the least no i feel like we shouldn't do it again because you were cranky and then you're even more cranky today i'm not cranky today sounds pretty cranky i'm not today Stop. (laughs) stop it but no, we watched moves yesterday. That was nice because we got to go to the to the theater, and you've seen three moves in the theater by yourself before while cheating yep. on me. And but you and I together, I don't think have ever gone and seen three. We've seen double features quite a bit, but not well. Three. We've done theater. it at the drive-in. Yeah, I don't count. That. I just mean like the theater and seeing new movies and stuff. So. Right. So yeah, I uh I did do it once before and back when theaters were open and there was a lot of new movies coming out as much as I enjoyed going to see movies with you. Uh-huh. Sometimes I enjoy going to see movies by myself. Don't act like some <laughs> you went you did that once, dude. Calm down. What? <clears throat> you only did it one time. I didn't do it one time. When else did you do it? I went and seen 1917 by myself, too. Oh. You didn't want to go. No, I think I was busy. Yeah, see, but that was back when movie theaters were open. Not, they were, like, the one near us was open on um, every day of the week. See, I, I would love for that to happen again because there are certain days where I can go, but it's closed. And I would like to just go see, because you don't want to see all the stuff I like to see sometimes. So I like to just go by myself and see a movie. There's, it's just something great about it. I think one of the reasons I love doing it so much is because when I was growing up, all I wanted to do was go to the movie theater like every time I could. But like, I never really had a way to go. Like either I didn't have a ride or I didn't, you know, went even I, like. It took me forever to get a license so like in a car so 
I didn't really get to experience going to the movies unless I like one of my friends was going or something like that. Yes. Yes. Um yes. I mean going to the theater, I got to go to the theater quite a bit growing up because my mom liked to go to the movies, so her and I would do that a lot. Uh so, and then when I got to high school, I went with my friends, uh, Kaylee in particular, who we still hang out with. Um, she always liked to go, so I would go with her, and I would also go with my mom in high school, so never really had that problem. But I will, you know, going to the movies is one of my favorite hobbies, because there's not a ton to do around here, for one thing. And mm-hmm. second, I just enjoy seeing a brand new film on the big screen. It is a good experience. I feel like you pay more attention to the move that way, and it's just a nice way to get out. But I've said that all before. But and yeah. uh, another thing that I like about it is that it's pretty rare why I go to see a movie and I'm just like miserable and can't wait for it to end. So like even if it's not like the best movie, yeah. we usually still enjoy seeing it. Um, it's I can I can count on like one hand like movies where i was like literally just like miserable and i couldn't wait for it to end um one film in particular that i think of when thinking about that is slender man yeah that's the first one that comes to my mind slender man rings was pretty bad but i still <laughs> like found it somewhat tolerable it was yeah. really Slender Man and then The Empty Man, which we saw last year, which for some reason people like, but yeah, I was pretty miserable in that movie. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. Uh, the Final Wish turned out to be pretty horrible, too. That was, that was like the first movie I think we watched in 2019 in the theater. Oh, was, yeah. I was thinking yeah. of um, Wish Upon or whatever, which I saw at home. Right. But yeah, The Final Wish, that one was like pretty bad. Uh, but even then, I still think we gave it like a six or something. But yeah, it's it's pretty rare that we see something that we're like miserable in. Yeah. Uh, the time that I went by myself and watched three um, was actually like a really fun experience. Um, you had already seen Joker by that point. So it was one that I definitely wanted to see. So I started off with Joker and then went into Zombieland Double Tap, which I surprisingly had a blast with. And then the third and final one was um, The Addams Family, mm. uh, which I wasn't too, like the beginning of it was really fun, but I got really bored by it and I actually started to like fall asleep a little bit and uh, was not super into that one. So but it's it's really fun doing a triple feature. I don't think I've ever had a, a chance like i know jeremy does four sometimes i don't think that i've ever had an ability to where they all lined up to to have four like we got kind of lucky with this one that we were able to see three movies that we were interested in seeing and that they lined up because that doesn't happen a lot here especially at the like the closest theater to us yeah um nowadays they only show one maybe two screenings a day anyway of a movie so um, they usually have like one showing it's like at seven o'clock usually. And then like all the other ones are like seven ten or seven forty five, something like that. Um, just cause it's like not busy enough for them. So they're just like not able to show a lot of movies. But if anything happened with this little move watching thing, it got me like super like excited to see movies in the theater again. Um, I, I'm 
like super jazzed about that i can't wait to see like mortal kombat and i, I, th I heard they're showing quiet place 2 trailers again and which quiet place 2 was the the movie we were going to see before the pandemic started last year like like over a year ago at this point yeah so i'm ready for this nightmare to end i think everybody is i mean it feels like it's almost over you know what i mean considering that king kong versus godzilla or godzilla versus king kong um which by the way i just realized like two days ago that they titled it back like opposite from the original yeah um which probably makes sense because it's gonna be easier to and it's also, also not king kong it's kong yes um but we'll get into that that's our featured review we'll also have a little bonus review that we'll get to and then the the second the third film that we saw we'll actually save for next week is our featured review so great um so yeah uh seeing movies in the theater is always to me like the best way to see a movie um even when you're talking about classic movies i know that the Ten Commandments was screening this week, and I didn't realize it. I would have loved to see that in the theater. I know you don't. <laughs> no, buddy, I don't care for long moves. It's only like it's just under four hours only. But yeah, I don't, I don't want to watch a move that has an intermission, buddy. I'm sorry. Why? Because it just sucks. Like I don't feel like sitting there and watching that, and then an intermission comes on to prolong it even longer. <laughs> so then you're there for like five hours. Yeah, but that a movie like The Ten Commandments is an experience. I don't know about that, buddy. I wish they still made epics like that. You wish they still had moves like that? Yeah, like they still made them. Oh yes, I don't. Um, but like the longest movie nowadays is like three hours usually yeah that's fine <laughs> you're telling wanna... me if you're telling me if they showed all of uh 1990 it you wouldn't want to go see it can i go see it that's a move that's a good move <laughs> what so is ten commandments it just seems so boring <laughs> i used to watch that all the time when i was a kid man Dude, why were you watching that as a kid? Uh, my pap introduced it to me. I see. Yeah. He also introduced me to Stand By Me. Well, that's a good move, too. And a bunch of westerns that I don't remember the names to. Right. Right. Paps love westerns. Yes. Um, I wish I actually would have spent more time watching the westerns. Because I did like them, I just never felt like watching them. Yeah. Like, you want to watch this Western? I'd be like, nah. <laughs> but, yeah. like, in hindsight, I wish I would have because, like, I did like every one that I watched with him, I've liked. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, theaters are kind of back. King Kong versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus King Kong made um, a decent amount of money. So that's exciting. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I guess we should get into some things that we did this week. Oh, one thing that we kind of wanted to talk about for a little while. This is not move related, but uh, a couple of years ago, we started getting into those meal kits. Yes, we did. Which are like subscription based boxes of meals that you get in the mail and then you make them and then you eat them. 
Um, we did, I think I did like three different ones back in the day. Um, there was HelloFresh, which was the first one we did. That's probably the most popular one. I did Dinnerly and like Every Plate, I think. Yeah, you did. Um, I think, did you just do HelloFresh? Yeah, I've never tried any other one. Right. Um, the price point, like, usually when you first start them, they are really, like, cheaper because they want you to try them out. So they, like, discount, like, the first few, like, a lot. And then it's, and then it gets more expensive. Um, I think that the typical price is about 7 to $10 per serving. And you get two servings per meal. And usually the plans are, like, three to five meals per week um the value is not the best like obviously if you go to the store and just buy all these ingredients yourself it's going to be a lot cheaper but the thing that is kind of the selling point for these boxes is it's convenient and everything's portioned out for you already and then two you get to make things that you might not consider to make yourself if you're not a big cook so that's kind of the appeal to them and we tried them probably like two years ago i'd say you might know more than me yeah um and then we took a little break and we decided to try them again um this time instead of uh one of the three that i tried again i tried marley or martha and marley's spoon also known as just marley's spoon and you went back to hello fresh um, I wanted to try the Mar- Marley Spoon one because it seemed like the recipes were a bit different from like the typical ones that I would see a lot. And a lot of the like HelloFresh, for example, um, any like steak recipes will be like more expensive. Like you have to, it's like a you have to add on to your already price of your serving, and uh, it's like way too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could actually get like steak dishes and uh, Marley spoons. So I was like, let me try this. Um, and uh, I think it that I had, I'm on my third box now, so I figured it, it was time that I could uh, review them a little bit. And uh, we just kind of wanted to talk about it since it's something we've been doing lately. But uh, I'll go first. So uh, Marley spoon. It's pretty simple you know you just sign up uh they give you like a heavy discount uh, i think like your first one's like 20 some bucks after shipping and then the second one's like 30 some and then i think i think you get about three at a discounted price and then the fourth one's like full price or somewhere around there um but the very first box i got um there was like this steak and collard greens dish with fries i think and then i got a pork tenderloin dish with uh roasted red cabbage and there was another dish in there i think it was um some sort of i think it was actually another was it another do you remember what it was (laughs) um your other meal yeah uh wait well wait you wanted those empanadas oh yeah yeah it was an empanada meal yeah right and so i 
wait for my first box and it says it was delivered um the days that you can get it delivered are only like friday or i think like friday thursday friday saturday or wednesday thursday friday which isn't the best for me i like to get them earlier in the week like monday um because i usually like will i i don't want to i I'm, I'm usually more busy on the weekends so i don't usually feel like cooking so mm. that's kind of unfortunate so i selected my date is friday and uh the box was delivered and i didn't I, it wasn't in my house though so i, I contact them I'm like yo it says it was delivered i never got it um they had an issue with my address which it happens from time to time where i live it's like kind of confusing and uh so they refunded me uh a whole box and then it ended up getting uh delivered to um a different house in the neighborhood and we ended we ended up getting it and i did the right i, I did like the the good person thing and been like hey i actually did end up getting it but it was uh down the the neighbor's house which is technically my i actually own the house it was delivered to but they shouldn't have known that <laughs> yeah um and uh so i get the i get the box and i i i open it and the two dishes that i mentioned the pork tenderloin and the steak were there but the third dish was an egg sandwich or something i don't <laughs> eat eggs like that so i surely didn't even want that and um it was like a bacon and egg sandwich but the the, the stupid thing is is they didn't even include all the stuff that was supposed to be with that so it was like even if i did want to try it i couldn't make it because it was like half of the ingredients and the other half of the ingredients were for the empanadas like um ground beef yeah that's so cute. i was like what <laughs> you know right. what i mean and i contact them and complain and since they already like refunded me they didn't um like refund me again they just made a note of it and stuff so right away like not the best experience with with them um I did make the two dishes that I got. Uh, one was really good. One was okay. Not a big fan of red roasted red cabbage, apparently. Right. Uh, and then the second box that I got was last week. And it actually was pretty decent. Everything was there. All the ingredients were there. And everything was good with that. Except for um, one of the bags, because uh, they, they package it with ice. And yeah. one of the ice... Uh, after the ice starts melting, obviously there's water, and uh, they try to separate it to where it doesn't get touch the the brown paper bags, but it kind of did. So my bag was like soggy and like ripping through, but all the ingredients were fine inside. The potatoes were a little wet, but I they weren't like mushy or anything. So uh, I just rinsed them off, and they were good to go. But uh, yeah, that that one was pretty good. Um, it was like a turkey enchilada, another steak dish, and then these um, hamburgers that turned out. The hamburgers turned out really good, actually. It was probably the best meal of the of the the group. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was it was pretty good. And then um, the third week, I just got and it was I've only ate one meal out of it, and it was these. And, uh, what do they call it? Um, tostadas. It was like a, a shrimp 
mango jalapeno tostada and it t- that actually was pretty good too i, I really like that dish um so overall i i really like the concept and it is very convenient the price point is like way too high to to stay doing it um but it is convenient to like come home and have all the ingredients ready and it usually only takes like 20 to 40 minutes to cook um and the portion sizes are actually fairly decent. I was actually surprised with that. Except for the the one pork tenderloin dish I had, the portion was like really bad. Um, but everything else I've had, the portions were pretty decent. You know, like decent enough to where you felt full after eating. Yeah. So I recommend Marley's Spoon slightly, but I do think HelloFresh is better, even though Marley's Spoon has cooler recipes. I think that overall like the can the 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 consistency of hello fresh is a little better and also um the portion sizes might be a little bit bigger with hello fresh but like i said the marley spoon portion sizes were pretty decent and they also have like more to choose from too i've noticed that that's what i kind of like there was more options there's vegetarian options more keto friendly options um and the just a lot more to choose from i would say yes so what do you think of hello fresh yeah well like uh i got it um like you said about two years ago and i was really into it um and pretty much i had i was getting it every other week and I had a bad experience where the last week, and I was kind of like on the verge of like canceling it anyway because I was, just, you know, wanted to save money and whatnot. But um, basically, the one day, because it says I could deliver anywhere between 8 a.m. to like 8 p.m., which is kind of annoying, but I think it was a weekend when I had it delivered. So I was like watching out for it, and it never arrived. And so I was like messaging the HelloFresh people, and I was like, what the heck? And they said, uh, oh, your box was damaged, therefore we did not send it out. And I'm like, I was really annoyed because I'm like, you didn't even bother telling me that. You thought you were just going to not send the box. And they were like, <laughs> we'll give you a credit. So they did that and I was like pissed. So I just like canceled it then and there. And then what did I, I like got something recently and it came with a coupon for HelloFresh and I thought, oh, I should start that back up again. And um, But the coupon, I realized, was only for if you were brand new and didn't have an account already. So I wasn't able to use it. But when I went on there, I realized that I had like that 70-some dollar credit. So I got like my first order free anyway. And uh, yeah, the first order, I got four meals. Um, and that was, uh, what did I get? I got these like tacos. They were like beef, sort of like beef tacos with like this radish, um, I guess slaw, if you want to call it that, vinaigrette type thing. Pickled radish, I think, is like more the word for it. Um, and that was really good. Uh, very interesting flavor, especially like the radish. You like mixed it with like this dressing, and it was pretty good. I will say also the box that they sent it in was a lot smaller than the ones they used to send it in. At least I think it is. And that's nice because one thing I hate is just dealing with the box that you have after that and having to worry about throwing away a box and then those ice packs. I don't really 
you know, I'm not going to save every ice pack, so I got to throw that away too, so it's annoying, but, um, and it's heavy to carry, so they really minimize the box, so it's, like, a lot easier to bring into your house, um, but yeah, the tacos were good, and then what else did I get? Oh, I got, uh, this shrimp thing, it was, like, a sandwich, um, I forget the name, but it was basically, like, shrimp and coleslaw, and then you, like, put some sort of, like, buttery spread on the bun and toasted it up and it was really bomb uh and it came with raw shrimp and i never cooked raw shrimp before but i actually managed to do it correctly so that was ideal um and that one again was really good i ate both of those that night it also came with uh potatoes as a side uh and those i kind of screwed up because I feel like I didn't leave them in long enough and I, I left it in for the recommended time, but it just, they weren't crispy enough. And also I didn't like mix them up enough with the seasoning and the oil to really get a good flavor on them. So that kind of sucked, but overall the sandwiches were bomb. And then I also got this like enchilada meal that was uh, vegetarian, which I know you keep telling me if we ever get HelloFresh together, I shall not <laughs> be able to pick the boxes because of that. But I like to try the vegetarian meals because some of them look good and it's just interesting to me because I never really cooked anything like that. So I got that and then what was the other thing? Uh, it was like a sandwich. Wait, I'm getting all my boxes mixed up because I think <laughs> I'm on... Crap. I forget things. Oh well, I'll just keep naming off. Well, you got like the one um, flatbread thing. Flatbread thing. Yeah, it was like the spinach and mushroom or something. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say, but I feel like that was... I think I'm mixing that up with... Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I got the spinach, the mushroom uh, flatbread, which that was also vegetarian. There was no meat. And it was basically like if you had a mushroom Swiss burger just without the burger part. Um, and that was actually really good. Uh it had like Swiss cheese and mushrooms and onions and uh, mayonnaise and I think mustard is what you like spread on the buns and it was it was actually really good and really filling. They gave you enough mushrooms to where it you know it didn't taste like you were eating nothing. Um, the enchiladas were okay. Um, they were just okay. It was like beans were kind of like the filling. Um, I I think I, I'm not a huge fan of enchiladas in general. I found yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely am because I just not bean one. I, I am definitely burnt out on the whole bean recipes that they have. <laughs> so they they weren't bad. They were just like kind of ugh, and they weren't that filling. I I ended up what I did was though with that I kind of brought those for lunch every day at work because I was panicking and running out of time. So I cooked that and the mushroom Swiss things in the same day, and I was gonna bring the mushroom Swiss to work as well, but ended up just eating that for dinner one night uh but the enchiladas i brought to work each day and that that's how i got rid of that because i didn't want anything to go to waste but then um you know everything was good overall and everything was pretty easy to cook um then i got like another one and uh this recent one i got enchiladas again but they were actually meat ones they had uh like ground pork in them and uh those were pretty bomb uh you know they they were just the basic enchilada and there was like the sauce to mixture to pour over it um and then i got a chili that i was excited for because i love chili but 
it was a little disappointing. Um, the consistency just was not thick enough for me. I need my chili to be thick. I just hate soupy consistency. It kind of grosses me out for some reason. And uh, it was a little bit soupy and a little bit mushy, in my opinion. It just wasn't like a thick chili. And like I said, I'm a big fan of chili, so... But it was spicy, so that was cool. It had jalapenos um, that you shredded up and put in it and uh, some other spicy seasoning to make it taste good. It, it was just the consistency I didn't really care for. Um, so that was that. And then I also got this bowl. It was like a... And that was another vegetarian one. It was called like a fresco, fresco bowl or something like that. Some word I couldn't pronounce, fresco bowl. And that was okay. That was like rice and... I think beans again and then like tomato <laughs> yeah that's kind of a pattern where that's all yeah see I wouldn't like I don't eat beans at all so it's just too much yeah I, yeah it's getting to be like I, I'm more open to beans than you are obviously but I it is getting to be too much I'm like I need to like change up what I order from them so I mean, it was good. It was good. I ate, like, all these meals I did eat all of, so it's nice that nothing goes to waste, at least. Um, and they're yeah, all that, pretty easy to cook. Yeah, I like the, I mean, the hardest one for me was the enchiladas. The, those, there was a lot of steps with those. Yeah. Um, but I think that the, one of the, one of the good, one of the best flavored things was the shrimp um, tostadas. Because the mango jalapeno sauce was just really good and mixed with, like, guacamole. I, I thought that that was, like, a very good, like, flavor-type flavor profile. Um, which, I, I'm a fan of sweet and hot together. Um, I've, you know, have you ever just, like, ate a, a piece of a jalapeno, like, raw? Not, like, the jarred kind? Yeah. Like, it's pretty, it, you know, it's, it's pretty spicy you know it has some yes. heat to it yes um but when you mix it with like something sweet like a mango which by the way mango is like a super good fruit um i always forget how much i like mango mm. um it has like a it, ha it has like a it just it, it counteracts the heat so well to where it like doesn't taste really that hot but you get the the flavor of the jalapeno um, and still a little bit of heat because I, I I do like hot food. I mean, I eat a lot of hot food, and I've always been a fan of like spicy stuff. Um, but yeah, that that was actually pretty solid uh, flavor wise. Like it was mo definitely the most flavored thing that I've had. Um, the the other one, the cheeseburger was a real like whatever. I forget what the cheese that they put on it was, but it wasn't like one that I'm used to getting. Mm. That that turned out really good as well, and the bacon, uh, the the actual bacon seemed a little high quality, bacon, um, you know, a little thicker and uh, not a ton of fat content. Even though bacon's, you know, the fat part is good, but the other part's good too. Um, so yeah, it, it's I think it's a pretty good system, and I do like it. it it's too expensive to stay with forever, but every mm. once in a while it's fun and i think that that's really what it comes down to is these are fun to make because i'm not gonna make most of these dishes uh by myself on my own without ever having made them before like the the shrimp tostada mango jalapeno thing there's no way in how i would have ever made that 
Yeah. I've never even bought mm. mango. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't so, think I have either. So, um, it's fun to do that. And then you can keep the recipe cards and make them your, your own. Uh, one final comment I'll say about, like, the produce. Um, all of my produce was really fresh, except for the two times that I got cilantro. It was not that fresh. Uh, it's good because, um, for me, because I don't really like cilantro, I think that it has a, an, a weird taste. And to me, um, if you've ever been around, I don't know if you have them in your state listeners, um, but stink bugs, I think that the taste of cilantro smells like the smell of stink bugs. So it grosses me out. Um, but I do put a little bit of it on because I don't like wasting <laughs> ingredients really, but, and I, it, it, sometimes it tastes okay mixed with other t flavors and spices, but it's just, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of like the, the strong taste of cilantro. Do you like cilantro? Um, I think, I mean, it's okay. Like it's not like. That's not going to be my go-to thing to put on a recipe unless it asks for it, like HelloFresh, you know? Yeah, like when they send me cilantro, I use like maybe an eighth of it yeah, to just to like chop it up real fine and, and give a little bit of, of the flavor. But for the most part, I usually just <laughs> toss it out. But it, honestly, it's been kind of – it's not been the, the the most fresh thing that I've gotten either. It's always the, – the two times that it's came, it's – been the least fresh thing in there and and kind of wilted and stuff so look like it's kind of drying out a little bit um but everything else has been really solid um freshness uh the only thing also i'll say and i know you get the four meals if, if you can't really wait a day to start cooking them like you have to pretty much start right when you get them because the third the third or fourth uh, meal that you get to if you're making them daily um, the ingredients start to get a little uh, less fresh so I always go with what I think will be the the will, will go unfresh the fastest like leafy stuff and things like that I'll usually start with that one or like yes I started with the shrimp one because I, I know I know shrimp seems to go bad fast so I was like let me do the shrimp one first um, yeah but yeah, so, uh, so some some after a couple days, the freshness definitely is not going to be your friend. But just, you know, plan on getting the box and making them that night or very least the next day. Right, right. Yes. So, yeah, that's that's a little review on on uh, what we've been eating. <laughs> you are welcome. Yes. Right. So I believe it is time for what we watched Yes, it is. I believe the last one I reviewed was Fragile. Is that true? Hold on. Probably. Yeah, it was Fragile. Okay. So, I believe I go second this week, or do I go first? Uh, I don't... I think... I, I don't remember, buddy. Buddy, you're supposed to keep track of this. That's not even a thing that we would do. Yeah, you just made yeah, that up just... one day. You no, just made that buddy. Up. I... <laughs> feel like you're always wrong too i'm pretty sure you're like it's off every well who wants to go first how many do you have seven all right i'll go first since i have the most no <laughs> don't ask me any questions i'm gonna mute and take a nizzle 
no. Please. All right. Uh, so the first one, as as you guys know, I've made a bet with Jeremy, so I'm like balls deep into 05 right now. And speaking of balls deep, the very first 05 survive that I did this week is a little film called Pervert! Exclamation point. Have you ever <laughs> seen this? Um, yeah, I just reviewed it on the last freaking episode, dude. <laughs> what did you say about it? <laughs> it was like it was ridiculous. It was kind of funny, and I didn't think I was gonna like it, but I thought it was funny. So there's this kid who's going out to live with his dad in the desert, and he's having a rough time with the ladies. His dad is married to this uh, literal like porn star, um, the uh, Mary Carey. She's actually a porn star in real life, uh, retired now I think. But um, and he, she's you know super sexy and and kind of seducing him and and he starts hooking up with her and then the dad finds out and he's all pissed off and um then there's this whole thing with um these murders that are happening uh where the girl the girls that the dad brings home end up dead and stuff and and the son thinks it's the dad um but the dad doesn't think that it is and stuff like or like you know you're not sure so that's the movie it's completely ridiculous super like i mean the sex scenes are just so dumb but they're they're hilarious uh this film for me was like a a breath of fresh air in 2005 because it's just so different than everything we watched would you agree with that yes they are having sex and he's like what's my what's my birthday She's like, uh, June 6th, 1924. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's uh, a penis. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fun movie, man. I really liked it. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. And then part of Survive 05, we have Frankenstein Reborn. Uh, this was an, an a, asylum film. And it's basically a Frankenstein tale. Uh, it follows um it's kind of done in this um like flashback thing where they're interviewing uh victor frank like the police are um who's an inmate and to see if he's fit to stand trial for a murder um and he basically is uh telling a story of how he uh was a scientist and doing these experiments and uh, basically created a Frankenstein thing uh, from this like wheelchair ridden dude. Um, it was okay. Um, the asylum used to m- try when they made movies, you know. Now they just don't. Um, but it, it, it's nothing new to the Frankenstein genre. Um, there was some okay gore, and the Frankenstein's monster looked okay. Uh, but it, it was mostly just like boring for for the most part. I I think I gave it a two and a half out of five or a five out of ten. Um, and then I watched Feed from two thousand five. Did you watch this one? No. All right. Uh, this is an Australian film. We were supposed to review this on the podcast, but my internet went out, so I didn't make it. Um, on the episode, but I think Dave and Moods got together and reviewed it. Uh, so this investigator in australia is tracking down these cyber crimes and he finds this website where this guy is feeding 
you know, my 600 pound life type women, um, food. And he's basically putting wagers on like when they're going to die from like heart attacks and stuff. And, uh, this guy finds that he's in Toledo, Ohio. So he travels from Australia to Ohio and is trying to track down this dude. The dude has like a backstory, um, of like abuse with his mom and something similar to like the feeding stuff. Um, this movie's kind of known for being like gross, um, because it's like, you know, feeding people till they're dying type thing and just nasty um there's it's not as bad as i thought it was gonna be like in terms of the grossness but it did gross me out because it's just it's something about like food and this is a little nasty you know yeah like those fetishes like those food fetishes like the women that love being feeded and like usually a really big woman like a small guy or something yes oh just kind of nasty you know um not as explicit as i thought it would be um the story itself i thought was pretty weak honestly i think that the guy was stupid and i it's like okay you're gonna go find him and do what like you're not gonna come like you're you're a police officer in australia or like a investigated guy detective but you're like not gonna work with the american authorities like what do you get you're just gonna like what are you gonna arre- like when you find him what are you gonna do <laughs> you're gonna arrest him <laughs> you know what i mean um so it was kind of like stupid like that and he gets like super into it and i don't know just it, i didn't i didn't think it was that great some people really like it i gave it a six out of ten um then we have puppy from 2005 uh and puppy is a movie where this uh chick who's like um i want to say she was a she might have been a drug addict if not a drug addict just like a sort of like criminal down on her luck type um she attempts suicide but she's rescued by this uh tow truck driver who takes her back to his house and basically believes that he's her husband um that she's his wife and basically like ties her up and you know keeps her captive um you can't really really tell at first if like the guy's crazy or he's just like acting out this sort of like replacement like it's kind of weird you're not quite sure if he like truly believes it's his wife or if he's like pretending you know what i mean yeah um i i that was a kind of weird aspect of it that i couldn't quite put my finger on um it it turns into this big like stockholm syndrome thing where you know she starts to be less ex- i want to escape type thing i thought it was like pretty decent it's more of a thriller and not like overly impressive but it was it wasn't a bad watch i gave that a six out of ten as well um and then i watched doom from the year 2005 and uh this one is about a group of space marines uh led by the rock it's this like tactical squad and um they have to go to mars um to figure out this distress thing and there's basically monsters alien dna monster things that are killing people um 
the and the 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 things can mutate humans into monsters um so it's like an, an infection thing uh based on the video game doom which i've never played more than just a couple minutes uh, i watched the unrated version which was like near two hours I, I just i don't know man i i just don't really like this movie too much i think it's not bad but for two hours it just seems like a way too long um there's some like decent gore and i do like the uh pov like video game scenes where it's like point of view like first person shooter i thought that was kind of cool you know just because it's like you know kind of fully embracing the gimmick at that point um but i gave that a six out of ten as well a lot of sixes and and, and the sixes keep coming boys let me tell you um then i watched cursed west craven's uh film cursed from 2005 uh, this movie is notoriously known for the fact that it was reshot multiple times. Uh, it was produced by the Weinstein Company. It was supposed to be the launching port point for Wes Craven's new trilogy because he had just wrapped up the Scream trilogy. And this was supposed to be like the start of a new trilogy. I believe Kevin Williamson actually uh, was on board as the writer. I want to say Rick Baker was on board for the effects and it was you know this this you know pretty big hyped werewolf film you know it was it was going to be this big thing and the weinstein company uh just didn't really um have faith in in the project and they essentially just were not easy to work with um of course rick baker known for special effects um on the howling and i believe he was actually supposed to do american werewolf in london is that right or did he do american werewolf in london i thought he did or maybe he didn't no or no maybe he did maybe he was supposed to do the howling and he did american Werewolf. i can't remember maybe yeah, he did I, think... both. I don't know he might have did both yeah but I know there was a story about, like, he always wanted to, like, do another werewolf thing, and the Weinsteins, like, roped him in, and then it was, like, a nightmare, and he left, and they kept his name on it, and none of the effects in the movie are really his, and he was mad about it. Um, and then they also, like, shot the movie uh, multiple times, uh, at least two, possibly more than two times. And then Craven didn't get, like, any of his vision in the movie and he was like all upset by it and kind of talked bad about it afterwards so it was just a complete disaster starring jesse eisenberg uh as well as um christine christine richie christina richie yeah why do you sound annoyed because come on how many do you have i think i'm about halfway no i'm gonna fall asleep <laughs> um so yeah cursed is a uh it's kind of a messy movie i still kind of enjoy it though i think it's pretty fun um basically this brother and sister get attacked by a werewolf they are turning into werewolves uh and they're trying to find the head werewolf to kill them um there's like tons of like gay jokes in here not tons but like some and i was on a streak of of gay um this is and it really is funny how much like everybody talks about hostile is like the one 
homophobic movie but like uh, half of these movies i watched had some sort of like homosexual joke or something in it <laughs> uh, like that it, it's kind of played funny in this one though where it's like this guy is making fun of this dude for like calling him like a homo and stuff all the time but it turns out he's actually gay and he's just like repressing it and acting out you know and then he likes jesse eisenberg but jesse eisenberg's like no i'm not gay not that there's anything wrong with that but you know (laughs) and i thought that scene was pretty funny um the werewolf looks kind of shitty sometimes um most of the time honestly but i don't know i like it do you like it yeah it was fun i gave it a six and a half out of ten so again staying with the sixes um and then i watched mortuary 2005 i figured if i'm gonna do one legend i might as well do another legend and that is tobe hooper uh with mortuary um this was his second to last film ever um so he uh this film it's kind of an interesting one too uh basically it follows this mom and her two kids who move to this new town to open up a funeral home slash mortuary uh she's a mortician and uh turns out this house has like a history uh with this this kid i forget his name like billy something or something like some legend or something and they think that he might be still in the house or his ghost might be in the house or something like that uh and the kid kind of hangs out with the friends gets a job deals with assholes um and then it turns into sort of like a zombie film um i think this movie's fun too it has some pretty atrocious cgi in it but it almost feels like it's like it almost feels intentional like that like that it's like they knew it was like kind of bad looking i doubt it was but it just feels that way because it gets kind of goofy at the end um i like movies set in in mortuaries that is like one of like my favorite settings in horror i just think it's creepy and cool and i remember um one of my i forget who it was it was like one of my mom my aunt's friends when i was like a real little kid um he moved into a funeral home that was being like rented out as an apartment um it was like half or something and you know there was in the basement there was still like that drain in the floor and stuff and the table down there and stuff and he he said he was like terrified there um and it always creeped me out i always remembered it from my childhood Mm -hmm. um and toby uh so toby hooper does this little mortuary film with the set in a mortuary um it also has uh denise crosby in it who is the mom from pet cemetery i thought that was cool because i hadn't seen her in a while um but yeah i I mean i I like the movie i gave it a six and a half out of ten i know you like it too you gave it seven yes uh then we have boy eats girl from 2005 this is an australian film uh basically this dude is like dating this girl he gets like broked up with and um he's like depressed so he kills himself but his mom resurrects him using some voodoo stuff it's like a comedy zombie film it's uh where did i say it was from or did i say hello hello are you there buddy carly did you fall asleep buddy um okay anyway it's an irish film uh 
and yeah it's sort of a bit of a funny but kind of takes a while it's a little boring um and the way that they do the like resurrection like the mom does the resurrection it's like in like these flashes and you're like wait what the hell is going on <laughs> um it was it was all right i gave it a six out of ten and then i watched glass trap from the year 2005 speaking of more lower quality 2005 movies are you back yet buddy i had to pee okay i was sitting there talking to you and and, and i'm what, like what could you have possibly said I to me about you this felt movie? Like, um i was saying where did i say that that movie was from what boy needs girl i don't know like i walked away because i thought he's not gonna possibly talk to me about i this thought move. you fell a nizzle because you no. said you were gonna take a nizzle I am. I'm about to take a nizzle because, like, you're taking forever, Izzle. <laughs> All right. Um, Long I'll be quick. Wimpy. I'll, I'll, I'll speak. Uh, Fred Olin Ray directs Glass Trap. Uh, basically, who cares? For me, <laughs> no one cares. He directs Glass Trap. <laughs> basically, an army of radioactive ants um, are put into a skyscraper. It, now, I thought this was going to be about like little tiny ants that were, you know killer ants like you know regular yeah. sized cockroaches or something you know like like the movie bug right. um but these are like actually like like animal like dog sized ants and the size changes throughout the movie too like sometimes they look a lot bigger because they're cgi um there's a mix of practical like half decent but cheesy and funny looking ants and then like cgi ants so i give him props for at least trying to do some practicals um but i just found this movie like incredibly boring i just was not really into it um so yeah i gave that one a four out of ten so after all those garbage movies i watched in a row i decided to watch a good movie and that is the land of the dead 2005 and land of the dead is the fourth zombie film in the romero zombie canon and i think it's the fourth best um i think it's i used to always lump it like the original trilogy and then the second trilogy land diary survival and i still do lump them like that you know night dawn day amazing 10 10 10 all 10s and then the second trilogy not as good but i think land of the dead fits more with the original trilogy than it does the second trilogy in terms of quality land of the dead is a very good movie uh it's set up in pittsburgh and uh basically it seems like really deep into the uh zombie apocalypse at this point um you got john leguizamo's character who is sort of working you know the hard job going out finding supplies stuff like that and where all the poor people are kind of lives on the outside of the city and then on the inside in the skyscrapers it's like like high-end like the world never changed type thing and he wants in there so he's doing whatever he can to get in they won't let him in there's all this commentary about like classism and stuff like that i really like it i think it's a great movie 
Uh, the gore is decent. The zombies look good. Uh, it's a continuation of Bub and how he was learning and stuff like that. I like where it goes. It, it, I, the more I watch Land of the Dead, the more I like it. And I think eventually it'll be considered a classic. Uh, so I give it a 8 out of 10. Do you like Land of the Dead? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, you're not a huge Z- uh, Romero fan. But no, zombie fan, like you were going to say. Yeah. I just think you... You know Romero is a hometown hero, right? Yes! You went to yes. a school. I know. That was well, it's really like Tom Savini's school. Well, he he uh, I think it's partially his, right? Well, he got brought into. I'm saying Savini like started it all. Yeah, it's funny because I'm reading these fangos from 2005, and I'm seeing um ads for Douglas in it. Yeah. And like seeing like the graduating class of that year, and I'm like, wow, man, that really has been around forever. Yeah, it has. And it's actually funny. I'm when I was like, you know, Lindsay, right? Yeah. I used to hang out with her when I was a kid, like probably around 2005, six, seven. And one of her friends was going to that school to be like a makeup artist, and she was like watching all these horror movies to like see practical effects and stuff. And I thought that was cool. Yes. Yes. Um. Anyway, uh, moving along, I just have about six or seven more. What? Are you kidding? Uh, one, two, three, just... four. I have four more. Okay, go ahead. All right. Number one of six. Stop! <laughs> go! I, I, like, the more you're upset, the more I just want to prolong it. Come on, no, by so, I'm going to fall asleep. So, all the filmography. Let's take a look at this. So, uh, age six, Diary of a Serial Killer. These are all 05 movies, by the way. So, 2005. Um, I watched about three a night. I was kind of hitting about two or three a night. Um, Diary of the Age Six, Diary of a Serial Killer. This is a Spanish film from uh, Tartan Video, and it is about a guy who wants to be a serial killer. So he um, basically, um, I think he, he spent. He what? He killed his girlfriend. He spent 25 years in prison. He gets out. He in- inherited this old motel in like Spain or somewhere, and he begins um, bringing prostitutes back to uh, the the mo- the hotel and tying them up in room number six and basically raping and and not feeding them and kind of torturing them a little bit. And he's also uh continues you know doing this while married with his wife in the house the whole time um i thought it was like pretty dang good at first i was like really into it it was kind of twisted i actually was feeling really horrible for the victims which normally doesn't happen to me because i'm like desensitized and you know i know it's a movie and i usually just don't feel that bad but i was like it was really bothering me um in this one and then like the third act just comes out of nowhere and it just wraps up like kind of fast and weirdly. And it just felt like it was like kind of shoddily done in the end. Um, so that kind of disappointed me a little bit. I still thought it was a pretty good movie. I gave it a, I want to say a seven and a half out of 10. I think it's worth watching. 
Um, and then I took a break from 05 because we were about to go see some moves. So I watched Godzilla 2014. I'd realized I'd never actually seen it. I forgot that. So uh, this one um, follows a, a Navy bomb expert who is, you know, reunited with his family and then he's not. And then there's a um, Godzilla comes out and he has to like figure out like this bomb and then his wife is looking for him and who cares about the, the, the human stuff godzilla's there and there's these two other monsters and they want to mate and have a bunch of other little monsters and godzilla gotta stop them um you don't see godzilla for freaking ever i mean you see him but you don't really see him and it's like kind of annoying and then by the end, I got satisfied with my Godzilla-ness. Um, I still don't think it's a, like an amazing movie, but I gave it a 7 out of 10. And then I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters on 4K because I wanted to revisit that one. I should have watched Skull Island instead of these um, because Skull Island's the best of the MonsterVerse. But I figured I, would, I had that 4K sealed and I still haven't watched it. So I was like, when the hell am I ever going to watch this? So I figured I would watch it now. Um, basically, there's some stupid stuff with Verifamilia wanting to release these titans. All these titans are different monsters, like King Ghidorah and Rodan and Mothra and Godzilla. And King Ghidorah is like a dickhead, and he wants to get all the monsters to destroy the world, and Godzilla's trying to stop him. I just don't really like this one that much. It's like, you don't really get, like, it has all those monsters, and they're all in it, and they look amazing and the colors are great and stuff but you just don't really get a lot of the monsters like i wanted more dedicated time to like okay what is Ghidorah? like you know he's cool like let's watch him destroy shit like just have long sequences of him just destroying shit and stuff you know you know yeah i know so yeah i think i fell asleep in the theater on that one yes um I will say that the original got the 2014 Godzilla is a lot darker, um, but I gave that I gave Godzilla uh, King of the Monsters a seven out of ten. And then the final movie that I watched was Red Eye 2005, the other Wes Craven directed film from 2005. It's a thriller. It's about this girl who's um, on a plane and there's this guy and he wants her to do something or else he's going to kill her dad. And um, I think it's a pretty good movie. Sure, it suffers from, like, thriller things like, oh, why didn't she do this at this point? Or, oh, she should have tried this at this point. Or, why did this guy not do this at this point? But, eh, it's okay. I kind of accepted some of them. So, I gave that a 7 out of 10. Cool, buddy. Or 6.5. 7. 7. Cool. 7. Okay, 7. Cool, we... Cool. All right, and I just got a couple more here. No, you don't. You just said that was the last one. Why do you sound so sad? You said it was the last one. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Yay. Okay, it's my turn. Um. All right, so first off, I watched The People Under the Stairs from 1991. Dude, and... why? <laughs> I was going to explain why. Because, like, on Slumber Party Mastics, we are doing... Um, a list like we did on episode two, uh, and we're doing it on final guys. So we compiled a list of final guy characters, and there's not many in like regular slashers. So we went with 
other moves. And uh, the people under the stairs, uh, we have Fool as one of the contenders. And so I decided just to rewatch it just to, you know, get it fresh in my mind and see what Fool does. If he fools around or if he does not. Um, but Did you guys record that yet? It, we recorded half of it. but That part or no? Uh, well, no, we were like halfway through it. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting question because who really is there for final guys? I mean, do you count like Ray from I Know What You Did Last Summer? Yes. Oh, you do count him? Yes. That doesn't mean he made our list, but... Right, obviously. Fucking, you got Tommy Jarvis out there. He better... (laughs) I mean, Ray is fucking... He's kind of a dumbass. (laughs) Um, But I'm just saying like... I was just trying to think of how many there are. And obviously Tommy Jarvis is like the number one. And then maybe you think of like Mark Patton's character in Elm Street 2. As okay, like well, we, well, that's the thing, buddy. We, well, I guess I'll say it on here. We excluded those, the obvious ones so that we can highlight other ones. So you're not asking who the best final guy is, though. You're asking who the best out of yeah. these guys are. Yeah. But, uh, like, okay, dude, sure. Anyway, the people under the stairs is a good move. And what do you the, think about? It? I How like, many do you have? Like, come on, stop it! I'm annoyed. You just like roasted my pod on. No, I didn't. Pod. I did not roast your pod. I'm just. You saying, just listen, did a passive aggressive diss no, like no, you no, always no. do. I didn't do that. I'm just. I I'm not a big fan of when people say like, okay. What, what who's the best final guy but we're not going to count the best ones we're just going to count the other ones so just call it something else then okay dude we'll call it something else then so anyway the i understand ones... you want to have a fun discussion but let's say that instead like who are the best final guys besides we mentioned the... it on the show buddy <laughs> i'm just i'm just messing with you relax you're, homie but you're not though yes i am thing. no i know how you are but anyway I like the people under the stairs. So just those two you don't count? Oh my god, buddy. There's I'm not what I'm not talking about that on this show. I shouldn't have even probably said that on this show. Well, I didn't want you to tell me like what you did. Okay. I'm just saying like you can say the concept of it without actually telling like what you did like what you chose and stuff. Alright, dude. So people under the stairs, I like it because it is fun, but it is also serious, but it is handled in a way that is not so serious to where it's like depressing and not super fun to where you forget all the serious stuff that's happening. I think it's a cool movie and I think Fool is a little badass character. So I've talked about this on this show before anyway. Then after that, I watched The House on Sorority Row from 1982, because that's supposed to be our featured review on Slumber Party Massacre, so I'll just wait, I guess, to really talk that's about a, that. That's a good pick for for the Slumber Party Massacre show. Yeah, so I'm going to wait, though, really, to talk about that more, because we didn't even talk, we didn't even review it yet, obviously, we, on the we've show. Seen, we've seen that in the theater. Are you going to bring that up? Yes, I'm going to bring that up. Yeah, then, that was pretty cool. That was cool. Yes. I think that was the only... Um, 
Then I watched Fright Night from 1985. Um, and this one grows on me as time goes on. Did that make your top ten? Yeah, it was like number five or six, I think. Hmm. But it's grown on me. I didn't love it the first time I saw it, but as I watch it more and more, I think it's fun. Um, I always feel like the ending, like, kind of, I, I start getting bored, like, kind of like, come on. Like, it kind of drags <laughs> on for me a little bit toward the end, like, you know, battle, fight, whatever you want to call that. Taking down the vampire scene goes on a little too long. I mean, the, well, then obviously, I guess you could say, like, also the whole serenading what's-her-face scene also goes on forever, but that's supposed to go on forever. But there are there are moments in the film that do drag for me, but overall, I do think it's a fun film. Um, uh, just an easy one to watch. So, after that, I watched The Hills Have Eyes from 2006, and I hadn't seen this one in a long time, uh, many years at this point. And that was a cool one to revisit. I think it's definitely one of the best remakes of all time. And uh, just very brutal and depressing and gritty and disgusting, very bloody um, and great performances in it. Uh, you got Ted Levine and he is, you know, gray as the father. And then I think everyone else is just really good in it as well. Um, and yeah, I really, I really dig The Hills Have Eyes. I gave that like an 8.5 out of 10. And then after that, I watched Swarmed as per my Survive 05. And that was essentially a killer wasp film. Um, it was on Tubi, so I figured, what the heck. And uh, it's, yeah, it's about killer wasps that uh, wind up in this small town. And I, I've noticed that a lot of movies, a lot of these, like, movies, <laughs> it feels like a ripoff of Jaws almost, where it's like there happens to be a big event going on that weekend, and they're like, we can't possibly have this big event this weekend with all these killer things that are going to show up to the event. And then the mayor or whoever's like, oh, well, we can't possibly cancel the event just because something might show up. So we shall have the event because we don't want to lose out on our money. And then the thing shows up and kills everybody. That's kind of what happens in Swarmed. Um, I thought it was fun, honestly. I thought I, I didn't really think I was going to think much of it, but I had a fun time with it. The effects, of course, on the wasps are pretty crappy, as you would expect. And the Yeah, but they have some real ones, too, which is cool. Yeah, it's not the worst, like, yeah, they're not the worst effects, like, you, I've seen some worse, like, I mean, Gloss Trap has the, the, the killer ants, for example, those are horrible. Um, but I'm yeah, this movie... Larva. What? Larva? Yeah, I watched that, That this kind of reminded me of that. Right. Because it's, like, the same thing, once again, there's, like, something going on, and then all these things come. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it, uh, I gave that, like, a 6 out of 10. Um, then after that, I put on April Fool's Day on April 1st, of course, uh, but I, uh, to be honest, it was kind of like background the whole time because, like, my friend Kaylee called me, and then I was, I think you might have called me, and just, um, a multitude of things kind of ended up happening while I had it on. Uh, oh, and then, wait, was that the night? What was I doing? Oh, that was the night, um, me and Lacey and Rebecca were going on that one podcast to promote our show a little bit and so it kind of it was like getting close to that time so I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the movie to be honest but I've seen it before and I do like April Fool's Day I remember seeing this when I was a kid and watching it with my mom I have it on a double pack with my bloody valentine I think her and I watched 
them either back to back or uh, one one day and one the other. And I remember we didn't really care for April Fool's Day. Um, it was the first time my mom had ever seen it too. And she was like, this is stupid at the end. And I was like, yeah, it is. And, uh, but, you know. Now I appreciate it. I think yeah, I, I would have thought it was stupid had I seen it originally. But like now I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, me too. Um, and I, I, I really like Amy Steele too. I wish she had yeah, done more movies. Yes. Yeah, she's good. She's a good uh, final character. Um, she just has that perfect look to her, and uh, she just is, like, really strong. So um, I do like April Fool's Day, though. I gave it, give it, like, an 8 out of 10. Um, and then lastly, before we recorded here, I put on Raging Sharks because it was also on Tubi, and it's from 05. And I figured, why not? And uh, I thought it was going to be a really bad shark film, but it actually took itself pretty serious. I mean, this is before the time where shark movies became ridiculous for the sake of being ridiculous. So I'll give it that. It's um, right yeah. around that time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the acting wasn't too bad in this movie. It was actually good. Um, and it was serious. There was a lot of science stuff going on, though. I don't really care for that. I hate but... science. No, you love it. I hate it. Um, no, I said you hate science. Oh, yeah, I hate science. I hate when it's like, beep, beep, and, there, and then people are like, oh, we gotta do 412 on the 513, and it's like, oh, no, we have someone on the eastbound, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, there was even some space stuff going on in this, I think, and it was just, it was too much, but, I mean, the movie's about, like, this crew that uh, winds up getting stuck underwater in their vessel, and uh, there's these raging sharks that are attacking the vessel as well. And kind of, like, screwing with their oxygen supply. And so they're pretty much screwed and need to be saved. Um, like I said, it was okay. It was better than I thought it was going to be. Um, it, it was actually a real movie. And it had decent acting. And it wasn't trying to be goofy for goofy's sake. It was just actually a serious shark movie. So I did appreciate that. Um, but it wasn't, like, anything great. Uh, I would give it, like, a... I would give that one, like, a 6 out of 10 as well. So that's all I watched. All right, um, I wanted to just briefly ask you something real quick. What? So I have a list of 36 movies that I want to get to before we record the 05 show. And uh, they are all movies that would... Well, I need to watch 35 to beat Jeremy. Beat the bet. Win the bet. Okay. So these are the ones that I have left that I want to get to. Um, let me know if I should cut any off or put any on. So Brothers Grimm. I didn't watch it. Hostel. Obviously. Watch the it. The Devil's Rejects. Yes, moron. House of Wax. You really have to be reading these ones? Wolf Creek. <laughs> Dude, come. Like, all the, okay, yeah. Dark Water. No, I mean, you don't really have to watch that one. The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, Wallace and Gromit. Probably not. What the fuck is that? Wait, do you not know what Wallace and Gromit is? I know what it is, but why is that? That doesn't sound like a horror hair movie, buddy. The Curse of the Were-Rabbit? Sounds like That's... scary as fuck. That sounds like... Buddy, okay, watch it then. The Skeleton Dicks. Yeah, watch that one. The Dicks. What's that? It's the remake of The Dicks. What? Wait, wait, uh, wait. It's a remake of John Carpenter's The Dicks. John Carpenter, the, the thing. 
Oh, no, don't watch that. Oh, okay. Uh, the Ring 2. Uh, no, I guess, like, you don't have to. Beast. Yeah, I got, yeah, that's a good one. Tideland. I don't know what that is. 2001 Maniacs. I mean, that's a fun one, I would say. Nori the Curse. I, I guess. An American Haunting. I don't know. I've, I don't think I've ever seen that. Antibodies. I haven't seen that. Boogeyman. Don't watch that. Tamara. Watch that. Strange Circus. I don't know. Uh, Chaos, which is like the last house on the left remake. I want to watch that myself. Nariko's Dinner Table. I guess. <laughs> what? You hate that guy's dinner table. I do. I don't care what he's having for dinner. Meatball Machine. Oh, dude, probably not. Boo. Uh, that one was okay. <laughs> P. Uh, Re- I don't know. Reincarnation. That one's okay. Pterodactyl. Sounds like it's bad. Antarctic Journal. I don't know what that is. The Red Shoes. Don't know about that. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari remake. Not seen that yet. Hard Candy. Yeah, watch that. Beneath Still Waters. I don't know about that. The Roost. Uh, don't know about that. That's a Ty West. That's Ty West's first movie. Oh. It's actually pretty decent. Cello, which is a Japanese movie. Okay. Haze. Okay. Xmas Tell. Loft. Oh. And. Mm-hmm. Corpse Bride, which actually was about 37. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. Watch the move. <laughs> okay. Well, Alright, hey. so let's get into our bonus featured review here. Oh! Uh, the, the film we started our day off with, which is Tom and Jerry. We went and seen this at 2.30pm. Yes. So what's going on in Tom and Jerry? What's the plot? Um, Tom and Jerry, basically, I don't have it pulled up, but basically, it is a live-action version of Tom and Jerry where they are animated, and the, all the animals in the move are animated, so it's weird, but all the people, you know, it's just a regular town, and, uh, well, I don't even know, what is the plot? You got Chloe Grace Moretz in it, and she is, I think, just kind of down on her luck like she just quits her job and then she winds up at this hotel and let's see i'll read this a legendary rivalry re-emerges when jerry moves into new york city's finest hotel on the eve of the wedding of the century forcing the desperate event planner to hire tom to get rid of him as mayhem ensues the escalating cat and mouse battle soon threatens to destroy her career the wedding and possibly the hotel itself yeah, so um, right away, I got to say, like, I like the opening. They use the classic uh, Tribe Called Quest song, Can I Kick It, in the opening. And there's these pigeons that are floating around singing, like, Can I Kick It? You know, <laughs> it's pretty fun. Um, yeah. And I really actually thought Chloe Grace Moretz did a good job carrying the movie. She was yeah. really funny. And also, um, Lawrence... 
was that his name? Lawrence, the Mexican Ter- dude? Terrence. Terrence. Terrence was really funny, too. Really enjoyed yeah. Terrence. He's like, boss, she thought that the fish was a what worked here. Stupid. <laughs> 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 and he's like dead serious. It was really funny. Yeah. Um, you kind of root for Chloe Grace Moretz. You want to see her do well and stuff like that. Her name's Kayla in the movie. Um, she has like a minor love interest that doesn't really go too deep into it, which I was actually happy that it didn't go too deep into it because it was like too typical, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the stars of the show really are Tom and Jerry. They're really funny. Um, Jerry, of course, but like when you were a kid, did you ever want Tom to like just catch and beat Jerry's ass? (laughs) Yes. Or were you like rooting for Jerry? No, sometimes I would be mad and want Tom to win, win one. Yeah, I I found myself always like rooting for the villain like all the time when I was a kid. Like, I would get so mad at that stupid Roadrunner asshole for like making <laughs> Wyatt fall off the cliff a hundred times. Yeah. Like, I would get I I would, I would always want him to catch the damn Roadrunner and eat it, eat him or something. But like Bugs Bunny, I always rooted for Bugs Bunny though, which is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Jerry, like, and there, like, the the concern I had with this going into it was, I just thought it was gonna feel nothing like Tom and Jerry, and it was just gonna be like this stupid, uh, like, human thing, and Tom and Jerry were gonna be just like, you know, animated, but nothing like Tom and Jerry. But it really is a good adaptation of those characters. It doesn't betray like what they are at their core, which is a cat and a mouse chasing each other, one running, yeah. one chasing. Yeah, I haven't. And, uh, what? Good. I haven't watched Tom and Jerry in years and years. I mean, it was one of my favorites growing up and uh, stuff like that. But I haven't watched it. But watching this movie, um, I remember pretty much every little aspect to it. It's uh, just. Even the simple stuff like the cheese, whenever there's cheese and like that aroma thing pulls Jerry <laughs> in all the time. I remember that from the show and it, it was cool because it all brought it back. And then the sounds that Tom makes whenever he like screams, <laughs> whenever he gets hurt. um, Just all that stuff was like, it was very nostalgic for me. And I thought it was nice that they kept that all in. Yeah, and even some of the gags that they would do in the Tom and Jerry cartoons, they repeated. And I was like, man, I... I used to love seeing those, and I grew, like, my pap really liked the Tom and Jerry and stuff, and I remember I used to watch that in Looney Tunes, like, all the time, and I still have memories of, like, watching Tom and Jerry, like, in the in a waterbed, like, when I was a kid, so it was really nostalgic for me, and I felt like it captured those feelings I had when I was a kid, yeah. just in a different way, and, like, uh, Spike's in it, and he's really funny too. I thought they did a good job with Spike. He's a little bit different than he was in the in the cartoon, but he was still kind of funny. Um, and m- one of my favorite parts is the cameos by Droopy D. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, they were clever. really. It was very brief, but they they were really funny. Yeah, <laughs> they were like really funny. Yeah, it was and. Uh, all the human characters were pretty fun and stuff and i i didn't even get super annoyed with the like i guess like the celebrity couple that's staying at this hotel 
um, they didn't even really annoy me too much, which I expected that to be like a super boring part of the movie. Mm-hmm. But it really didn't bug me too. And even like the bit characters, like that weird girl, like she was funny. Um, the owner of the hotel or like the man, the like runner of it, he was funny. And then also just being set in a hotel, which me and you both have like extensive experience with. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of things that you could kind of relate to and stuff like that. That was fun. Yeah, like them destroying that hotel room. Or, like, whenever they find out there's a mouse in there and they're trying to be all discreet about it because they don't want, like, the guests to know. Right, like, yeah, yeah. we've had situations like that. Not with mouses, but other things <laughs> where you're trying to keep it on the DL. So, overall, I mean, I, I, I thought it was super fun. I really enjoyed the whole movie. Yeah, I did, too. I really didn't have a ton of interest in this, even though I do like Tom and Jerry, but... Just based on the trailer, I thought it was going to be stupid and, like, like what are they doing having this live action type of thing? It just looked weird to me. But, yeah, I thought it was really funny. Um, Chloe Grace Moretz, I thought, did really well in the role. So it was cool to see her do a comedic role for once. Um, mm-hmm. And she did well at it. Uh, and then, yeah, the what, I forget what that meant. He's he was the dude from Fantasy Island too. I forget what his name is in real life, but um, he was great. Um, and it was it was a good move. I had I, I th- thought it was very enjoyable, and I think that is cool. That when we do double features or triple features, I think it's best when we do movies that are completely different in genre because it's like you watch a fun move. Then you watch like more of an action-packed move, and then you watch like a serious horror slow burn movie. horror move at the end. And I thought that was a cool. Yeah, it was thing actually a good lineup. Like, and and seeing Tom and Jerry first was like the best way to do it because you're like yeah. it's 2 p.m. and you know it it worked out really well. Um, I think that that was cool, and and I I was tempted to watch it on HBO Max just because I was curious about it, and I didn't know if I would go to the theater and see it. But I'm glad I waited for the theater. It really is the best way to see those type of movies. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, I gave it an eight out of ten. Ah, uh, yes, I also gave it an eight out of ten. Definitely one of the funner movies I've watched this year for 2021 movies. Yeah. All right, uh, and now let's get into our featured review of Godzilla versus Kong. Yes. So what what's the plot for Godzilla versus Kong? All right, it says Kong and his protectors undertake a perilous journey to find his true home. Along for the ride is Gia, an orphaned girl who has a unique and powerful bond with the mighty beast. However, they soon find themselves in the path of an enraged Godzilla as he cuts a swath of destruction across the globe. The initial confrontation between the two titans, instigated by unseen forces, is only the beginning of the mystery that lies deep within the core of the planet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was directed by Adam Wingard, who has done like a ton of movies. Um, a Horrible Way to Die, Autoerotic, You're Next. Uh, he directed segments in both of the first two VHS films, as well as one of the better segments in ABCs of uh, Death. And most recently, he directed Death Note for Netflix, which I heard really wasn't too good, and Blair Witch in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, he also did The Guest. Oh, the Guest is great. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, Adam Wingard been around forever. He's worked with other people like um, in I guess it would be considered the Mumblecore crew is what a lot of people called it. Um, but yeah, a lot of familiar faces in his early movies and stuff. But he's ha- he's been working deep in Hollywood now. Um, and I believe he just got announced to do the new Thundercats movie, which I literally don't care anything about. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, we have... At first I was like confused what the hell they were doing with Kong, why they were taking him somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I remembered at the beginning that he they couldn't hold him on Skull Island anymore. They had like a, a barrier set up and he was like starting to get too strong for it or something. But there's like ulterior motives why they're doing that and stuff. And then they have a confrontation with Godzilla. And then uh, they take him to what's called Hollow Earth, which is like I think they sort of talked about in King of the Monsters. Also, you have another character who is in King of the Monsters, the daughter of Vera Farmiga, and she's trying to investigate. She's all into, like, these podcasts on, like, conspiracy theories, and she's trying to investigate, like, this Apex or APOC or something uh, company that's doing something with the monsters because Godzilla's all pissed off all of a sudden, and he's been quiet for a while. Um, And then there is a third monster in the film which i will not give away i think it's i think it's kind of like been spoiled for most people though i didn't actually know so i was kind of pretty happy to see uh that and there's like some other monster type things in the movie as well um overall i thought that it was better than godzilla and godzilla king of the monsters I still think that, like, the human stuff and Carly's favorite, the science stuff, is a little <gasps> boring and uh, kind of kind of basic, too. And it is a big section of the movie. Like, you're following these one characters that are with Kong, and then you're following these other characters who are investigating Godzilla and stuff, and you got these two groups of humans that you just aren't really that interested in. Um, they try to play it for comedy a lot with, like, the guy who hosts the podcast and this girl's friend and stuff. And they're just kind of not interesting and not really funny either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I did like, I enjoyed the film. Um, uh, that can, I mean, that Godzilla King of monsters. Like I didn't enjoy that at all. When we saw it in the theater, I was really bored by it, but this one I did like more. I definitely like the King Kong, stuff a lot more than the Godzilla stuff. Even the King Kong science stuff I like a little better than like just what they're doing with Godzilla. I, I really couldn't stand freaking Millie Bobby Brown, whatever her name is, and her crew, the friend, the podcaster. Like, um, I, I didn't think any of their one-liners were funny. I thought they were very generic, honestly, and just stereotypical in a way. Um, and, yeah, I just think the science They just stuff feel is- so in the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I didn't like that. Um, but I really dug the fight scenes that you do get. Um, but I will also say, I feel like this is one of those ones that had a trailer that was like unavoidable. It was like playing everywhere you saw it. And I almost feel like they gave away the whole fight, like the coolest parts of the fights, like in the trailers. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, they do do that a lot. And and I hate that because, um, I mean, this movie is all about Kong and Godzilla, like, fighting. Like, that's what you want to see. And I almost feel like it wasn't even long enough. 
That's what I was going to say. It seems like with when all was said and done, it's like I saw the scenes I saw in the trailer and then there's a few more things and it's it wasn't like as violent and there wasn't as much destruction, I guess, as I was expecting. Yeah, and, they could have done way yeah. more now that I think about it. Like now that I'm really thinking about it, they really could have done a lot more. Yeah. And that's a little disappointing. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, you haven't seen, this is the fourth film in the MonsterVerse. I don't know if they're going to make any more. I assume they will do something, but I don't know if it'll be like the same MonsterVerse. But to me, the best one is definitely Kong Skull Island. Yeah, which I did not get the chance to see, unfortunately. But I would like to see it because, as I said, I'm a I am a fan of King Kong. Um, and not so much Godzilla. I just can't. I just think King Kong's scarier too, because just the idea that he's a giant ape and that's like more realistic to me than a radioactive di- whatever that comes from the sea. Um, see, I, just, I, oh. I think the the Japanese Godzillas are a lot more entertaining. I've only seen a handful of them, but I, I pretty much like them all, except for maybe the Mothra one. Um, but the original Godzilla is... Have you ever seen it? No, I do own it, and I just have not gotten... I never have taken the time to watch it. But Yeah, that one's actually scary. Like, it, yeah. it's more in lines of, like, the original King Kong. Um, I think that out of, like, all the King Kong movies, though... The original is the best, but I actually think Skull Island is the second best. So whenever you do see it, I'll be curious to see if you think that too. I like Skull Island a lot. It feels more of like an adventure movie. Like, you know, the original King Kong feels like an adventure movie kind of Mm -hmm. because it like there's that early stuff on Skull Island. That's how Skull Island feels. Uh, But the whole movie is like set on Skull Island. So it's like cool. Um But yeah, the the Godzilla versus King Kong. I mean, I think Godzilla looks pretty cool. I think King Kong looks really cool in this movie. I, when they fight, it looks really cool. I did really like the final battle. It was really entertaining. Um, a lot of it takes place in Hong Kong, and like the buildings are all like neon lit up and stuff, and that actually looked really neat especially mm-hmm. on the giant Dolby screen with the like good music and stuff, the good sound. Um, it just makes you want more of that. Like, I feel like there should have been like a 40 minute fight sequence. You know what I mean? It should have just been like the whole movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall I, I did really enjoy it. I think that it was better than the last two Godzilla films. Yes. Yes. As I said, yeah, I did. I definitely enjoyed it. I feel like some people are definitely enjoying it a little bit more than me um and probably you too but i I still i thought it was a pretty good film overall yeah so letterboxd letterboxd um let's see here i wanted to read this dude gave the move he gave the move a two and a half star and he said every scene where beautiful people are speaking very gravely to one another about the particularities of giant monsters feels like it should come with text in the lower right hand corner that says press x to skip cutscene i just wanted to read that because i agree <laughs> like i just don't uh, yeah the people i don't care about them um let's see here let's see here let's see here see here this person gave it five stars and said idk man i love kong um let's see here. all right 
So I guess I'm done. Okay. Oh, I thought you did a positive and a negative. Okay, well, I guess IDK, I love Kong, worked. <laughs> Thank you. I love I Kong, too. I agree with that guy's review. Yeah, it was a girl, I think. Her name was Cheyenne. I agree with Cheyenne. Anyway, so I know you wanted to hurry up and get out of here. Um, I sure did, and we sure did. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I got to watch 05 moves, or else I'm going to lose the bet. But I don't care. You don't want me to win? I'm not that, like, you're dumb for making a bet that's, like, stressful and hard. I mean, My yeah, but I always... stressful and hard. What, buddy? My middle name is stressful and hard. That's <laughs> stupid. That's a bad <laughs> middle name. Why did your parents do that? Listen, but no, buddy, I do support you in your endeavors. I just don't want you to be disappointed if anything goes wrong. You don't have faith? I mean, you did pretty well uh, watching all those moves. Which means that I'm in for a bunch of his and hers eps that are going to go on for a long time. Because you keep <laughs> watching a lot of moves. Alright, well, I'm going to try to do just as many this week or close to it. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm actually got to watch five Return of the Living Dead movies, so I want, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Anyway, um, but two of those are 05, so that helps. Uh, anyway, I think that's it for this particular episode. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Oh, the third film we did watch, because we did do a triple feature, right. is The Unholy, which we will be reviewing as a featured review next week. Um, so with that said, um, I'm JP, that's Carly. We will catch you on the next one. Bye. Oh, wait. Uh-uh. We didn't break. <laughs> we didn't break. Uh-oh. You're right. Right. We did not. I gave it a seven and a half out of ten. I also gave it a seven and a half out of ten. Cool, buddy. All right. So with that said, ignore everything we said before that. But this time we are out. Bye.